You're listening to Sober Onions Podcast, where we peel back the layers of sobriety, featuring your host, Crystal Morrell. Hey, everyone. This is Crystal here. This is episode three of Sober Onions. I'm really excited today. I have a special guest, Heidi. Say hi, Heidi. (laughs) Say hi, Heidi. Say hi, Heidi. Hi, everyone. This is Heidi. Heidi's here today. Um... I met you through work. We just kind of introduced each other. And when I mentioned that I was doing a podcast, it uh, turned out that we knew a lot of the same people and that um, Heidi has been recovered for four years, right? I'll be out four years in December. December. Cool. Awesome. Well, we want to know about you and we want to hear your journey and some of the things that you went through and how you overcame them. And I'll probably just ask some questions on the way. So maybe just tell me who you are, where you're from, a little bit about you, and then we'll talk about all the fun stuff. (laughs) Well, it's funny you say how you met me. It's like one of those things, you know, closed mouths don't get fed. Ah. So, you know, you open your mouth and and here I am. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Um, I'm from Ventura and Oxnard. Okay. And um, I got clean originally when I was 22. Um, I was clean for 13 years and then I relapsed. My story is going to be more about drug use um, more than alcohol use, just for the simple fact. My mom was an alcoholic, so I was going to show her and I became a good drug addict. You, know? <laughs> you were um, like, hey, right, I can like, show you up. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm not gonna drink that shit. It's nasty. So I became a drug addict instead. Um, anyways, I relapsed and then uh, I went out for a good ten years and then um, I got clean again in, in 2017. Okay. Um, what do you feel made you relapse after 13 years? I was I was emotionally um, unstable to um, to handle what was going on in my life. Um, I was going through a terrible divorce, you know, and, and my toolbox, and you know, they mentioned your toolbox and my, my toolbox, I had enough tools in there to handle one, um, uh, I guess tragedy at a time, you know, and I always thought, you know, um, if I did good and was a good person, then, then tragedy would not hit me. Um, and so therefore when, felt like my world was crumbling. Um, I was going through a terrible divorce, like I said, and then uh, my mom fell down some stairs and um, I had 10 hours of brain surgery um, when she was comatose and uh, my house caught on fire. House caught on fire. My house caught on fire. And it was all within a couple year period. So before I was able to um, re-up my toolbox with some more tools, I was just getting hit left and right. And I was just so miserable and I felt like I deserved the right to be loaded. Okay. If I was going to be this miserable, I might as well be high. Right. And you went to, we went to the same rehab center, yes. but just at different times, which is crazy. Right. They probably couldn't handle both of us. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't do it without, without a, without a rehab. I a just program. Can't. It's, it's not, I don't know how to get up in the morning. I don't know how to take a shower. I don't know how to, I forget how to do any of those things like normal people do. Right. Um, so for me, each time I've had to start at a rehab. Right. And then this last time, since it's been four years, what was it 
that made you come back to sobriety and decide to live a sober life? Well, even as I was doing it, I was sitting in jail one more time and I was just thinking, you know, this is friggin' predatory. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm gonna try not to cuss. So <laughs> thank I you. Have a mouth, so my mom, my mom listens. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a tendency to cuss. <laughs> try not to. Um, anyways, so I just felt like I was in purgatory, and and I knew I was meant for something more than that. Um, but I just didn't know how to get out. Okay, and so you were just at that point where it was like enough's enough. Well, yeah, I'm going to be 50, and they gave me five years Okay. Um, in there, and, and I just saw this is going to be my rest of my life if I don't stop what I'm doing. Right. I'm going to be like these older ladies in here who just are taking psych meds, and just they're just, and I don't want to end up like that. Yeah, and it's amazing how many people are in that situation. I think that that was what was shocking to me when I was when I went to detox, cause I went to a pretty hard program and I, the only thing I could relate it to was when we first had September 11th, um, my fiance at the time, he was a colonel in the army and we went to Walter Reed and because his uh, nephew had lost his legs in the war and we were going to show him respects and everything. When we got to Walter Reed, it was thousands of people with no legs, no arms, in wheelchairs, you know, in surgery. And I was like, oh, my gosh, we're at war. Like, it it wasn't real to me at the time because, you know, we're watching it on a screen. And I felt like that when I got to detox, how so many people were in there from addiction and almost dying. And it's happening. And it's thousands and thousands of people who are addicted to whatever they're addicted to and we're all in the same place and it's happening and it's like I had no idea this many people would be going through a detox or a rehab like I was completely clueless at how large of an issue and how many people were involved in it as for me personally I don't have a problem with pe- people knowing I'm in recovery mm-hmm. it seems to me like everybody either has been there either know somebody or, you know, there's some kind of family member who's, who, who has been caught up with addiction and, um, and so for, you know, there is hope. There is hope. You know, and if, and if we all stayed anonymous, then how would we let other people know that there is hope? That's the way I feel about it. Like I'm such a drug addict that when I'm using drugs, like everybody knows that I'm a drug addict. Right. You know what I mean? So I don't have any problems with people knowing that I'm clean. Right. And you're in recovery. Right. It seems to me that, uh, thank God I am the kind of drug addict, drug addict, drug, drug addict, yeah, drug addict <laughs> that I am. Because if I was a functioning one, I would not, I don't think I'd ever get clean. Right. If I couldn't manage a job and, right. and do all stuff, I'd probably stay loaded till I die. Right. So... You know. So what do you live for? What are you, what, what keeps you sober? What is your motivation now? I have such a great life. <laughs> I have a great life. I mean, it's, it's simple. I mean, but it's, it's what I've always wanted. You know what I mean? I, uh, I, I met my husband in the program and, and, you know, they say don't get in relationships in your first year. And, you know, well, 
I never follow rules <laughs> at all. Um, I 13 stepped him. And, you know, He's the 13th step. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I and I'm a cougar and uh, okay okay so um, I don't like to fit in anybody's little box. I got my own little box going. I'm a I'm a rebel without a cause in my own little world. You know, I, right? I'm not a very good conformist. Um, but um, it it worked. I mean, I mean, I'm in love and he loves me and uh, we have a a good little home and and um and I did and I have no doubt that I did the right thing by doing the wrong thing. You know what I mean? Right. It, it was what was right for me. And, um, and so I have my family, my sister, my mom has gone and passed away now. Um, but I have my sister and my kids. They still love me. I have one Ashley who's out there in the river bottom running, running the homeless thing. And she just posted recently about the struggle being real. And I just told her, you know, I could help you out. I mean, I can get you into a place. It doesn't even cost any money. Yeah. I, I have had a lot of people uh, send me uh, messages because a lot of people were shocked that I went to rehab. I mean, I've said this before that uh, I was an uncommon drunk. I 50% of the people that knew me were shocked that I was in rehab. And then 50% were like, finally, finally, she's taking care of this issue. And here I am not even realizing it. But um, it's amazing that I got so much response about the rehab. And then I also got response of which rehab did you go to? How much did it cost? I got a lot of people asking because they have someone that maybe they want to approach this with. Or maybe that someone said, hey, what if I go to rehab? How do I make this happen? And I'm going to put some information in the show notes for me. Um, I found out the information through my detox program and there's a bunch of programs out there. Um, you can even just Google it and there's lots of hotlines. Um, but I think that people don't realize that it doesn't cost anything, you know, and it's essential to get going forward, to, uh, in my opinion. Absolutely. Well, you know, it, but if you are trying to do this for somebody, it is not going to happen. Right. That person has to get on that phone and make that call themselves. You know, recently at my work and I work at a grocery store and the, some, some girl came in there stealing a bunch of stuff. And at my work, it's really, it's really kind of crazy because, you know, with those 13 year clean, I used to be a, a part of the chamber of chamber, business chamber and Camarillo and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I know a lot of people from that. You know a lot of people. Yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just moved here and everybody's like, you know, Heidi? Like, I was like, wow, I struck the friend gold. <laughs> you do, do know, know a lot, a of, lot people. of people. <laughs> and, uh, and from all walks of life. Yes. And even the homeless ones, I, I know all them or they know my daughter. And, mm -hmm. and uh, so, you know, she stole a bunch of, stole a bunch of things and I saw, I saw her and I stopped her and, and I, get the things and she says something about being hungry and I said there's EPT out there for you yeah if you're hungry and then she kept on and I said if you didn't sell your, your EBT for drugs then maybe you'd have some food right yeah that's I didn't even realize that was an issue I didn't realize that they were doing that and that's well, incredible I, so. <laughs> <laughs> I have learned 
a lot. I've especially I, I've everyone would make fun of me and rehab a little bit just because I was so clueless about everything. Because I fortunately have never been in trouble with the law, and that's what I think makes me relatable to a whole nother crowd of people. Because there's so many people out there like me who never got caught, but were should have been, you right. know. And um, you know, I I didn't get a DUI, but I can tell you, I got some. DSIs were, you know, driving where God saw me doing it because um, I'm guilty of it. You know, the the roadie on the pre-partying, you know, all of that stuff. I am completely guilty of it. And and it's too. So to me, it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, drugs for EBT or it's driving with a white claw in your car. To me, it's all the same. It's dangerous and it's not healthy and it's illegal. Well, I did it so you don't have to. So, <laughs> <laughs> so for someone who has you were sober for thirteen years, you know you relapsed. Now you've been sober for four year four years. I've been sober for like a hundred and eleven days. Okay, like that's nothing. I I my ups and downs are outrageous right now. Um, I go through days where or weeks where I'm like all plugged in and and feeling good, and then there's days I just want to sleep. Like I don't even want to do anything. Um, I'm bored. I'm frustrated. It's like I'm I'm feeling like I am not who I was, and you know I'm not in that place where everybody's like, oh sobriety, my life is so much better. I'm like over here like this sucks. Yeah, and and since you've been through that and you've come through that. What do you, what is your suggestion for someone like me who is brand new? Because there is a lot of new people, you know, getting sober for health reasons and, um, you know, other reasons, whatever the reason is, it's all good. Um, but what's your advice or recommendations for someone like me besides, you know, the generic, you know, one day at a time, you know, (laughs) your first year is your hardest. Okay. And, you know, it's all about creating new memories for yourself to replace the romancing memories, you know, and, and uh, all those places you used to go, and now you can replace them with other memories that are even better because um, you didn't make a fool out of yourself at the end of the story or, you know, the end of the story is, is different. I mean, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Obviously, you're plugging in the women. Right. You know, and, and it's about just creating a new life. You're not going to be the person you were. Yeah. You're, you're going to be a better person. Yeah. I, and I know, and I know that I already am and I, you know, you feel at that time, but I mean, I'm 42, you know, I, I'm set in my ways, you know, like I'm not, I'm not changing, you know, but I am changing, like everything's changed. So for me, that part of it is, is probably the most difficult, but I think for me, the most encouraging thing is someone like you, you know, I can see someone who's gone through such hard times and came through and, you know, has stories and knows people. And, and to me, that's encouraging because I'm like, well, I mean, look at Heidi. I mean, she's amazing. Look at all, you know, look at her life, look at her friends. She's, you know, she's got everything in, in, in that sense, but that's where I'm at in my, in my walk, you know, of sobriety because it's so new. But we need that, you know. Well, you'll find your women. You know, the women, I love the women, you know. And um, some women get here and they're like, I don't like women. I don't like women. And it came to me at, at some point in, in my recovery um, that, guess what? I am a woman. Yeah. And, and and I like myself today. And I'm okay with being a woman. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and it's about figuring out what a, a woman is. You know what I mean? We have all these these notions of what 
a woman should be, you know, and, um, and what kind of woman we want to be, you know, and, and, uh, so by loving myself and, and accepting the fact that I am a woman and, and it created me not to hate women and, and want to help women and, and put my hand out there and, and women are beautiful. Yeah. You know, and so you'll, you'll find your women. Right. I mean, we all have groups of women. We kind of gravitate to. to yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, and so then you create your friends, you know, and, and you create your life. You sure learn who your real friends are when all this jazz happens, though. That's what's blown my mind. My phone doesn't ring like it used to ring. That's for sure, you know. Party. Yeah, or or <laughs> vice versa. I am notorious for drunk phone calling people. I'm like, I'm the worst. Like, I have no idea why someone has not like invented like a breathalyzer on your phone, you know, where you blow into it and it's like, no, don't call that person. You are drunk, you know. And like, although like I'll have people, I'll be talking to them, and they're like, don't you remember that conversation? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, what conversation? I don't even remember. So that part of it is a little bone. You know, I'm sure people are tired of me calling them drunk. Um, and then, you know, you learn that you it, everything becomes different too. like for me, I've noticed and I don't know if this happens to you, but or it did happen to you is it's like, oh, well, can we go to that restaurant? You know, like it, you know, everybody's like walking on glass, you know, is that going to be a trigger? You know, and you're like, no, like, that's not how it works, you know, because it's different for everybody else. You know, for each person, it's different, different triggers. For me, everything's emotional. It's emotional. I mean, I've had so much happen in the last, like, 100 days. It's it's insane. I've already gotten, like, two tickets, two accidents. Like, everything keeps my car broke down in the middle of the night for no reason. Like, it has just been crazy. Just one thing after another. So, I know that people that when they're in the beginning, they're looking to people like you and like, just like, give me some hope because this is just too much. <laughs> well, I mean, for me, like, no matter what happens in my life, I know if I get loaded, it's not going to, things don't go away because you decide to check out, you know, they're still going to be there when you decide to check in. Yeah. You know, I used to, I used to wish I'd go to jail so everything would figure itself out like emotionally and then I could just come back when everybody's everything's right good, everything's right? all fixed yeah right? you do not have to face it that doesn't happen you know so I just know that either getting drunk or getting loaded is not going to fix anything it's just everything's still going to be there when I get back it's true it's true. And then did you decide to do uh, like you did NA or AA or did you do like books or what was your method of, like you said, the program? Well, when I first started out so many years ago when I was 22, um, NA was very small and all and like mostly AA. And it's so different now this because AAs didn't want NAs in the meetings and, and vice versa, <laughs> so, but it's all crossed. Now. Yeah, it is crossed now. And, um, there is very little NA meetings to go to and they were mostly in Ventura in the home I was going to it was in Oxnard. And so, um, but so I went to AA 
And then, and then when I was able to get a car and do all that stuff, I got to choose the means I, I went to. Right. But, you know, you got, I mean, it's so different now because now with all this COVID. I know. Bullshit. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, mom. Sorry, sorry, mom. <laughs> All this baloney going on and all this stuff. They have Zoom, you know, but I yeah. I went to meetings. I became accountable and became a treasurer or took a commitment okay. at meetings, um, you know, and just made myself accountable to show up and suit up. Went Tell to me. NA functions. They have functions? Like, what do you do at an NA function? They had a Memorial Day picnic. Used to be a yeah. big deal. Dances. All kinds of stuff to go to. I mean, and, and then all your friends are NA. So when you go, you go. With your friends. Yeah. With, with NA people. Yeah. Do you find that you hang out with anyone that was in all your old circles? Or do you feel like being sober, it's, it's, you have to completely separate yourself from everything and I, everyone. I do it intentionally, but yeah. Yeah. We have nothing in common. Yeah. The only thing we had in common was either drugs and alcohol. Right. That's how it is now, even in the dating world. It's like, oh, well, let's go meet and have a drink. I don't drink. They're like, you don't drink? What? You know, like, it, it's just not normal. It's not a normal thing. And my last episode, I talked about how since COVID, um, alcohol sales have gone up 500%. Like, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's becoming so common because now it's like, oh, well, it's just drinking. You know, it's no big deal. But in a couple years, we're going to see a big uh, medical rush on a lot of things that, you know, will will come from all of that drinking. Well, that is smoking weed now. Everybody, like, <laughs> you know, everybody's got to stay in and going to get drunk and smoke weed all day long. Mm-hmm. And get numb. Yeah, get know? numb. And just because it's illegal doesn't mean you need to do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> True. I, I agree. You're right. I uh, think it was a way to keep us all in and keep us numb is to yeah. legalize weed so we don't fight we just don't care yeah i hear you well awesome well i that's all the questions that i have is there any questions that you had or any advice that you wanted to say or share um if i have any advice you know there's a lot of little things that, that come to my my mind you know don't leave five minutes before the miracle. I don't know. There's just a lot of a lot of things, but just stay, you know. Um, and your life does get better. It does. And I know that for me, after relapsing and coming back, it's been a struggle because not a, a lot of people who relapse make it past their first year. Yeah, that's what I've read that as well. It's just hard. Yeah. You know, when I go to a meeting and I see people, now my sponsor, I used to have more time than she did. And now she's like in her 20, got 20 years or more. So it's kind of hard at the beginning, you know, and and you never get that first experience again. Oh, I like that you said that because I, you know, I struggle with, I I haven't relapsed yet or I don't want to. I've made a comment to someone that I wanted my tattoo, a tattoo of my uh, sober date, because it's actually my grandma Nan's birthday, who she and I were very close and she was an alcoholic and she was an AA and she, you know, she was all about getting her chips and she was sober for 30 years before she passed. And um, I have, 
you know, people all the time say, oh, relapse is a part of your recovery. And I hate that. I, when I, when someone told me that, I said, why, why is that? And I love that you just said that, like, you never get that first back, you know, cause I, I'm going to be totally honest. I've thought, well, what if I go two years, three years and then have one vacation in Spain? you know, and then come back and yeah, I started over. Like these are real thoughts. And if I'm having them, everybody else is having them. So because it's all around us, you know, I'm watching a movie of, you know, this couple in in Paris and they're having this nice dinner with wine. And I'm like, I can't do that. You know, okay, well, maybe if I am sober for 10 years, that could be my reward or something. I mean, it just goes through your head. So I think that you just said that is huge that that first day you can never get back you know that first feeling of sobriety so that's something that i will take with me for sure so well awesome well thank you so much again this is sober onions podcast and if you want to catch this it's going to be on spotify and apple or on the website www.soberonions.com and remember if i can do it we can do it Thank you for listening to Sober Onions podcast. All episodes, show notes, and resources are available at SoberOnions.com.